Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. For more information about Adventure Church, please visit our website at adventurechurch.tv. Now prepare your hearts for a message from God's Word. Good morning again. I'm Jake Worth, and believe it or not, I'm your associate pastor. If you want to talk about uh, the faithfulness of God and what he can do, I'm a perfect example. They say, man, if he can be an associate pastor, God can use me. I have the privilege of continuing on in our Christmas at the Movies series. How many of you were here this last weekend when we tackled Home Alone? Raise your hands. Right, we talked about how there's an enemy, there's a thief that's trying to steal and destroy what you've got and what I've got in Christ, our life, our hope, our love. And we not only need to be aware of it, but we need to defend it and take action, just like Kevin McAllister. Today, we're going to be talking about, you saw it, Elf. All right, and I know this is a little weird. Maybe, uh, I, don't, I don't know how you grew up, um, but maybe incorporating movies into churches, man, this is, this is different, this is weird. How is God going to speak to me through Buddy the Elf? But how many of you know that sometimes God uses some pretty strange things to communicate to us, right? I don't have kids, but I've heard that when you have kids, that's a great way that God challenges you and takes your faith to another level, right? But for me, it's, it's movies. And I'm not talking about just Christmas movies. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, you know uh, King of Egypt or Prince of Egypt and those I'm talking about sometimes the most unspiritual action-packed movies. I could be watching The Terminator, and it's getting to the end, and I'm in tears because Arnold Schwarzenegger is giving his life for them, and it's just like Jesus. And okay, I know that's an exaggeration, but in all reality, I'm serious. God speaks through movies, so I want to challenge you this morning. Let's just open up, all right? I promise you there's going to be good stuff this morning. How many of you have seen the movie Elf? Nearly all of us, if you haven't, a very basic premise, it's about Buddy the Elf, as we saw in the trailer, finds out that he is, in fact, not an elf, but actually a human, so then he travels to New York City to find his dad, and then when he finds his dad, he's got the long, daunting task of trying to win his dad's acceptance and his love. And so what we're going to be talking today is the journey that we many times find ourselves. Maybe you are here today and you are on your way to New York City to find your dad and you have not yet met Jesus as your savior. I'm going to coach you and talk you through this. All right? Secondly, maybe you you found God, but it's another and completely different step accepting his love and receiving it. And so right off the bat, I want to get one big point across. And if you get this today, then then we've accomplished something. It's God's desire that you stop trying to achieve his love and and receive it. It's a free gift. Stop trying to to achieve it, just like Buddy was working so hard to get his dad's love, win his acceptance. We, many times, we know God, we know who he is, we know his love, but we're working so hard for God to accept us and love him. And so the, the, the general thought today is stop trying to achieve it, um, but receive it. So the way that we're going to go about this is I'm going to basically talk about God's love. And hopefully, by the end of today, if you haven't accepted God's love as a free gift, I'm going to describe it in such a way that it's going to be completely irresistible to you. Maybe you have God's love, but you haven't allowed it to empower you and transfer form your life. I want to describe it in such a way that you're saying, man, I've got to let this in. I've got to let this work. And believe it or not, we're using Buddy the Elf. So let's roll this first clip and, uh, and get going One today. When Buddy was old enough, I made him my own personal apprentice. Never been in this room before. Well, I think it's time you start your tinker training. <gasps> Santa's sleigh. If you're going to help me make it fly. I thought the magical reindeer made the sleigh fly. And where did the reindeer get their magic from? Christmas spirit. 
Everybody knows that. Well, as silly as it sounds, a lot of people down south don't believe in Santa Claus. What? Well, who do they think puts all their toys under the tree? Well, there's a rumor floating around that, uh, that the parents do it. That's, that's ridiculous. I mean, parents couldn't do that all in one night. What about Santa's cookies? I suppose parents eat them too? Yeah, I know, I, I know. And every year, less and less people believe in Santa Claus. I mean, we have a real energy crisis on our hands. Oh. I mean, just see how low the plasmeter uh, is. That's shocking. That's why I came up with this little beauty in the 60s. What, what is it? it? It's a Kringle 3000, a, a 500 reindeer power jet turbine engine. Without it, the sleigh couldn't get more than a, a few feet off the ground. Well, looks like we got a short on the thermocoupler. You want to give me a hand with that? You want me to help? As much as uh, Buddy was accepted by his family and friends, there were a few drawbacks to being a, a human in a, an elf's world. a little bit short on today's quota. It's all right, buddy. Just how many extra sketches did you get finished? Come on, buddy, how many? I made, uh, 85. 85? That puts you 915 off the pace. Why don't you just say it? I'm the worst toy maker in the world. I'm a cotton-headed ninny muggins. <gasps> no, buddy, you're not a cotton-headed ninny muggins. We all just have different talents, that's all. Seems like everyone else has the same talents except for me. You you have you have lots of talents. Uh special talents, in fact. Like um uh, special talents? You changed batteries in the smoke detector? You sure did. Triple A's. And in six months, you'll have to check them again. Won't yeah. And you're the only baritone in the elf choir. <laughs> you bring us down a whole octave. In a good way. <laughs> See, buddy, you're not a cotton-headed ninny muggins. You're just special. Man, poor Buddy the Elf. A human in the North Pole doesn't fit in good for nothing but changing the batteries and the smoke detectors and holding down baritone parts in the elf choir. But there's one person throughout his entire life, for 30 years he's lived in the North Pole, and when all the elves just can't deal with him and they just try to tolerate him, there's one person in his life that always accepts him, always loves him, and that is Bob Newhart, Papa Elf. All right? First point I want to get across about God's love is on such a supreme level in comparison to Bob Newhart's love for Buddy the Elf, God's love is unconditional for us. Romans 8:38 through 39 and I am convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God. 
Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a great place for an amen. Man, thank you, God, for that unconditional love. Unconditional, without conditions, without limits, absolute. This love that God has for you can hurdle all of these barriers that we throw in its way. It can break through any wall. If you've got sin today, okay, and you've got a pass and all this jazz, guess what? You're in good company because we've all got it here. But God's love is able to overcome it. If you've got fears and maybe that's what's keeping you from accepting God's love is you've got a fear that life might drastically change, guess what? His love can dismantle it. The problem is, is that it's so foreign to us. When you think about what we have here on earth, if you've been in a relationship, any type of relationship, you know, with your parents, your friends, brother, sister, wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, odds are you could give me a really great story about conditional love, right? I love you unless you stop loving me. Oh, I trust you, baby. I trust you until you break up with me, and then I'll never trust you again. Obviously, as you break, that wasn't the example I wanted to use. Until you lie. And then I'm not going to trust you anymore. I forgive you. You hurt me. I forgive you. But if you hurt me again, I don't think I can forgive you again. We're really good at conditional love. And so with that in our experience, with that being kind of the standard that we know, sometimes we uh, come before God's love and it's just like, wait, what? That's so foreign to me. I don't know what to do with it. And so we we stand at this doorway and it's wide open to simply accepting God's love. But I no, you're telling me that God loves me unconditional because I've got plenty of conditions that there's no way he could get over and get past. And maybe that's been what's keeping you from just accepting Christ into your life. Maybe, again, you've got God in your life, and you're cool with him saving you. You're cool with him saving you from hell, but the thought of allowing him to be a father that wraps you up in love, I don't, I don't think I can do that. Don't just be okay with God being a safety net that catches you in his grace, but let him be the father that wraps us in love. There's nothing that you and I could do to change the way that God loves you. But you need proof, right? We need proof. That's how we are. It's hard to believe, right? It's hard to have faith. Here's the proof, the cross, very simply. God made it very, very clear right in the outset that my love is unconditional. Why? When he sent Jesus Christ to die for you and took on the cross, it says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not when we were looking like we had some potential, he chose to love us and die for us. Not when we, you know, had come halfway, then he met us. Not when we had cleaned ourselves up, but rather unconditional right off the bat. You're still in sin, but I'm still going to die for you. And I'm going to give my unconditional love for you. The second point that I want to get across today is that God's love accepts you always. Let's roll this next clip. Seven levels of the candy cane forest, past the sea of swirly, twirly gumdrops, and then I walked through the Lincoln Tunnel.
So where were you for the last 30 years? The North Pole. Can you pass the maple syrup, please? I, I didn't put... It's spaghetti. You know what? I think I have something. Yes. You like sugar, huh? Is there sugar and syrup? Yes. Then yes! We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, syrup. So, will you be staying with us then? You mean I can stay? Of course you can. Emily. How, how long do you think you'll be with us? I, I hadn't really planned it out, but I was thinking like forever. Emily, can I just speak to you for a minute in the uh, kitchen, please? Are you crazy? He cannot stay here. Clearly, he has some serious issues. We can't just throw him out in the snow. Why not? He loves the snow. He's told me 15 times. Walter, he's your son. Did you hear that? You are so weird. Look at your neighbor and say, that's disgusting. Look at your other neighbor that you didn't like as much and say, I would never do that. Man, I love sugar, but I could never put syrup on, on my spaghetti. I mean, I really love sugar. I'm not going to tell you how much. I'm not going to tell you that I own a personal record at Worthington Graders for how many scoops I ate in one sitting. I'm definitely not going to tell you how many it was. It was eight. It was eight. I did. I'm not going to lie. But I would never be able to down a two liter of Coke and put syrup on my spaghetti. And so we really can't blame. I mean, you're looking at his real dad. Could we blame him? I mean, come on. Just imagine it. Let's, let's really go far out here. An elf comes and says that they're your son. Would you just, yeah, this is great. Come on in. He destroys your house, trying to you know, emulate the, the North Pole. He's eating everything in sight. So when his dad says, let's throw him out in the snow, he loves the snow. There's not a problem. He loves the snow. He said it 15 times. We can't really blame him. But I tell you what, we can be surely uh, happy and glad that God is unlike his real dad. And God accepts us always. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 28. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Think about who you were when God came into your life. Not many of you were wise by human standards, and you still aren't. No, I'm just kidding. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise But God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this earth and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that that are. How many of you have applied for a job here? All right, we, you've never applied for a job in your entire life. Applied for a job? All right, wow. I was like, ugh, the tithe might be a little low here this week. Uh, okay, you've applied for a job, right? About two years ago, coming up in May, I was on my way to Lewis Center, uh, Ohio, from Oklahoma. So I'm, I'm trying to find a job to bring in some income. So I'm on all the job listing sites, you know, monster.com and uh, careerbuilder.com, all of them, throwing out my application, just looking at any sort of job, sending out my application, my resume. Two weeks go by, no phone calls, no phone interviews, no emails. Okay, so I'm thinking either none of these companies are hiring or they're looking at my resume and it's incomplete. 
There's got to be some holes there. Maybe I don't have the qualifications. I lack the certifications. Maybe um, I don't have the experience in the field that they want me to have. Maybe they see that I haven't worked at a place more than two years, so they don't think that I can commit and they need someone long-term. And I'm like, oh, oh my goodness, I got to fix up my resume. So, I mean, I'm scrambling. I need a job coming in right now. So I start going through resume and I'm on pongoresume.com and I'm going through, I'm like, okay, uh, let's say I'm trying to get a job at the YMCA. They're a charitable organization. They love when people serve others, right? Okay, I'm trying to think of all the acts that I've done. Okay, I remember 2009, we were downtown, we had some dinner, I had a leftover hamburger, I gave it to that homeless man, check, serve the homeless, 2009 to 2010. Trying to jazz it up a little bit. And as I think about that, it reminds me how we oftentimes view God and his acceptance towards us, as if we are applying for it, and we're trying to beef up our resume, and we We're not ready to accept the reality that he accepts us all the time, just as you are. And so we're looking at it like, no, I've got to clean this up. I've got to to get a little bit more on my resume before this is going to be something that God's want to work with. Let me tell you what God's love is like. How crazy would it be if in the midst of all my applications, I find this awesome job. I mean, it's a dream job. And I'm filling out my resume. And I'm just about to hit click to send it to him. And my phone rings. And I answer. And it's the company that I'm about to apply for. And they say, hey, Jake Worth. And I say, yeah, what's up? I wouldn't answer that because that would be unprofessional. I want them to hire me. I would say, hey, yes, this is Jacob Worth. What can I do for you? Um, and they would say, hey, we just want to let you know that, that we want you. We want you for our, our company. We, we would love you to come in and, and get you trained. And, and I would go, yeah, I'm just about to send in my resume to you. And they say, no, no, no need. We, we want you. We, we don't need to see it. I'm, and then I would ask, is this direct sales, 100% commission, door-to-door? I can't be, you know, doing cold calls, all that jazz. And they say, no, 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 here's a Sally, it's incredible, full benefits, five weeks paid vacation, you need uh, five months out of the year to work from home, better yet, why don't you head down to Florida, work down there from a remote office there? That'd be incredible. How many of us would love to have that type of phone interview, right? And yet, that is exactly how God's love is for you. Here's the truth about God's love. It accepts you before you even applied. It accepts you before you even applied. So what does that mean for us? Stop trying to fill out the resume. Stop viewing God from a distance and thinking, let me get this taken care of, and then then he's going to want me. I've got this sin in my life. There's no way. Man, it's, it's a stretch even being here in church today let alone letting God into my life. I've got some, all right, you know, this, this Monday, I'm starting a new leave. I'm going to clean things up. New Year's resolution, I'm really going to give God my life. When in reality, he's saying, no, 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 no. I've accepted you already. You don't even need to apply for the job. You don't even need to apply. You don't need to send me your resume. You don't need to tell me all the good things that you've done because I want you just as you are. Some of you, it's not sin issues. Some of us wrestle with something a little bit deeper. I know that I do. It's my very DNA. It's how I am. Man, I wish I was smarter. If you know me, you know I can do some dumb stuff. Jess Altman, or Jeff, so wow, Jess Hammond will tell you plenty of great stories about some dumb things that I've done. But in reality, I'm, I'm serious. I've thought to myself, man, if I were just smarter, why do I keep making these stupid mistakes? I wish I was made differently. I wish I was taller. I wish I was so, uh, you know, shorter. I wish I was skinnier. I wish I was, you know, all these different things having to do with my very DNA. And this is, this is a cold, hard truth for you today, but that's an insult to our creator. God does not make mistakes. God doesn't make insufficient humans. 
And what you may perceive as an insufficiency and um, as a weakness and all these things are simply things that God wants to complete in you, that God wants to work with. He's not looking at you and saying, oh man, I need to fix you. He's just saying, no, I want you. We'll, We'll move on from this point. So what we need to do is don't just accept who you are, but embrace it. Embrace it. I'm not, I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, no, if you got sin, you got all these weaknesses, just be okay with it. Never grow. No, 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 no. But if we can't look past and get the truth that God accepts me just as I am, we're not going to be able to get into his arms so he can change us. You got that? If we keep thinking that we got to fix it before we can even enter into that relationship, we're never going to be able to get there and be able to be transformed. He's accepted you before you've even applied. The last point today is that his love is faithful to forgive. Let's roll this uh, last quick clip. Hey! You found it! Buddy! I need to tell you something. I know, Eddie, there's something I have to tell you right now. Um, I didn't mean anything I said back there, not, not a word. I know you may be a little um, um, uh, chemically imbalanced, but you've been right about a lot of things. I, I don't want you to leave. You're my son, and I, I love you. Man, Buddy might be a little bit crazy, might be a little bit odd, but man, talk about forgiveness. His father, you know, comes to him and says, I'm so sorry for being a jerk to you this whole movie, and I just want you to forgive me. I'm sorry. And without even flinching, Buddy just, yeah, whatever. I love you. And again, on such a supreme level in comparison to Buddy the Elf, is God's love faithful to forgive you. 1 John 1, 9, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness or unrighteousness. What that doesn't say is if we confess our sins, give God a little bit of time, he'll be able to get over it and, and he'll forgive you. No, but rather he is faithful and just to forgive you. He's not uh, reluctant. You don't need to pick the right time to come to God. Any of you remember when you were kids? I do, and I remember all the stupid stuff that I did and all the mistakes, and my mom said, don't do this, so I went and did it. And then I get in trouble. Dad's not home yet. And so you've got that long afternoon of thinking, got to tell Dad what I did. So you got to pick the right time. When's the best time to tell your dad that you're sorry? After dinner, when he's got some food in him. Don't talk to him when he first walks in the door after a long day's work. Wait till he's got that meal in him. He's got some good cooking in him. Then you approach him. We oftentimes are like that with God, waiting for the right time to approach him. Again, waiting till we've got this or that figured out, waiting till we've got this or that fixed, waiting for the right time. It's always the right time. There's no wrong time to approach our Father and ask for forgiveness, but there's a but in that verse, and it's a big but. But if we confess our sins, we've got to meet him there. We've got to go to him. We've got to come to him and say, God, this is who I am. Man, can you believe this? I messed up again. I did it again, God. I need you to forgive me. But if we don't trust 
in those first two points, if you don't believe that he's got an unconditional love that can surpass all of your conditions, if you don't believe that he accepts you just the way that you are, there's no way you're going to come and confess your sins to God in prayer, let alone what it says in James, that confess them one to another that you might be healed. There's no way if we don't know those first two things about love. I'm going to invite the band up here as, as we continue on. Um, Christmas, you know, amidst all the busyness and buying gifts and getting to your in-laws, getting to all of the family and all the busyness, we have to remember that Christmas is about God's free gift of love. It's free. But if you're like me, sometimes it's hard to see this love. It's hard to to really um, grasp it and understand that that he has it when you're, you're, you're viewing it, you're trying to view it through what I imagine is like a glass window, dirty and clouded and smudged up with two words, if only, if only, if only I were better, if only I didn't have this sin in my life, if only I wasn't struggling with this, if, I'd, if only I didn't do this, if only I had this, if only I weren't this, And we're trying to see through those things, but with that type of uh, thinking that your conditions of your past and your present need to change in order to receive God's love, as long as we're there, it's a cemetery there of thinking, if only. But that's how many of us oftentimes walk through our lives. I think about it all the time. You make a mistake or you fail, and the first thought you think of, if only I didn't do that anymore, things would be different. But I want to encourage you today with what God says. The good news this morning is that God wants to not just clean up that window, but he really wants to shatter that glass with an important truth. And I want to teach you something this morning that I really believe is going to empower you when you're trapped in that if-only type of thinking, and it's responding with two simple words. But God. But God. If only my family was more cohesive, if only I was a better father, then I, then I would be used by God. Then God would flow through me. If only I didn't have all these questions, if only I didn't fear God and his ways, then, then I'd be able to grasp things. If only this, if only that. But God and his love is unconditional. If only I could change this right here, right now and be done with this sin, then God would accept me. But God accepts me always because when I was still in sin, he died for me. If only I could stop doing these things over and over again. He's forgiven me once, but if only I could stop doing it, then I would really feel like he's forgiven me. But God is faithful and just to forgive me every single time. This morning, uh, earlier, I, I was talking about some of you might be, like I said, on that journey to New York City, and you're still searching for God. And this whole love, you've never experienced it. You've never uh, accepted it into your life. You've never met your father today. And you've got tons of questions. You've got tons of fears and, and, and all these insecurities and inconsistencies that have, have you know, built these barriers between you and God's love, I want to challenge you this morning to take that step and simply receive it.